Welcome everybody to episode 28 of uh, the Talking Bullets podcast. As you can hear from my dull tones, we've got no Hona this week. He's currently uh, tied up in my basement because I desperately wanted to do the hosting job. Um, but never fear, we've got regulars Johnny Poiser and Hello. Matty Rogers. Hi. And making his Talking Bollocks podcast debut, welcome to the fantasy football doctor himself, uh, Daniel Patience. Hello. So we've got a lot to cover this week. It's been another exciting week in the most unpredictable season in the Premier League. We're going to start at the bottom, though, and uh, we're going to talk about um, Sunderland and Newcastle both having excellent weekends. So seeing as it's your debut, Dan, we'll throw it over to you. What did you make of of Newcastle's performance this weekend? Uh, Well, I I listened to it on the radio, and uh, it sounded like they... They're a bit nervy. They sort of started off quite cautiously, but um, nicked a goal. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think they kind of held on to, to like, the 80th minute and then sort of scored twice like in the last 10 minutes. Um, it's a great result for them. I think uh, they, they were saying before the game, like, Rafa Benitez had taken the team on the coach rather than all arriving in cars, which was um, something that was completely different to what they usually do. So yeah, maybe maybe that had some kind of impact, but it's a, it's a great result. Um, I still don't think they'll survive. I personally feel some of them will, but um, yeah, keeps it interesting, doesn't it? Certainly does. Uh, did you, sorry, did you see what uh, Jamal Lasalle said in the week? Uh, I didn't know. What was he, that? He was basically saying that the majority of the players playing for Newcastle uh, just weren't trying. Um, and then he, I think he got sent off earlier in the season and on the way off the pitch he was having a go saying they just don't care, they just don't care. Um, so uh, I, that sort of links to what you're saying with them getting on the bus together. Yeah. Maybe they're trying to create yeah. some sort of team. I wonder I want who, um, who he was aiming that at in particular because I did notice on the sort of starting lineup they they dropped uh, Mitrovic, which I think is because Benitez doesn't like starting him. But... John Joe Shelby was also dropped, so I wonder whether that was maybe in relation. Yeah, that surprised me that one with John Joe Shelby because I would say he's one of the best players they've got. But that really surprised me when he was on the bench. Talented, yes, but maybe he's not got the right mentality for it. Yeah, I think um, Andros Townsend again showed that he can be a, a good player when he wants to be. I think he's he's actually been a very good signing for them. Um, they did unbelievably well, considering they only managed thirty-four um, percent of the possession for the whole game. Is um, that the stat? Is it? That's, that is <laughs> the, that's the official stat. Um, Swansea had sixty-six percent of the possession, and Newcastle still managed to score three goals and create twelve opportunities. Which and they and they kept a clean sheet, which is a first in a long time, I do believe. Yeah, I mean that's that's really good. I mean, I know obviously. Rafa's got his work cut out for him, but certainly results like this are only going to strengthen strengthen his cause to keep them up. This uh, less possession of things is is not the worst tactic these days. Less yeah, obviously be being there seems to be a swing in that. It's all about what you do with it, I guess, rather than yeah. having what the thing may not is, have you got. and you get them on the counter with it, and you score that one goal, then what does it matter? That's, yeah. that's what seems to be going on at the moment. Teams are absorbing the pressure, countering, getting that goal, then sitting back. It's, it's the Leicester City tactic, isn't it? It's what they've been doing all season. And their stats, you know, possession-wise, they usually have less than the team they're playing against. 
Well, moving on to to another team from the northeast, uh, Sunderland also managed to win three nil away at Norwich. Um, similar um, statistics here, actually. Uh, Norwich, being the home team, as you'd expect, had sixty four percent of the possession, uh, and unbelievably, they had nineteen shots. Norwich and were unable to score anything. Uh, comparing that to Sunderland's eight shots and a mere thirty six percent of the possession. Um, it's been a really good weekend for northeast teams, and yet one of those is still definitely going to go down. <laughs> Which... Well, the thing is, that I think Sunderland will stay up because they've got a massive advantage of having one a goal score in Defoe, and two they've got a good goalkeeper that Newcastle really haven't got at the moment. They've down to their third or fourth choice goalkeeper, so that's going to hurt them. And but three, they've got Sam Allardyce. Yeah, and then Villa. I think he is a damn good midfielder. Did anybody see um, it all kick off on the touchline? With, it was about three minutes, weren't it? With Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce literally just picked up Cameron Jerome and put him away, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely thought he was going to body slam him. I thought Big Sam had watched WWE over the weekend and was going to body slam him. It shows how much pressure and how much stress was on that game, though. I mean, that was... You'd have to imagine a big swing factor in who's going to go down in terms of confidence as well, because Norwich now be going, oh no, 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 we've got to put up with this now. We've lost. If they'd won that game, they would be basically would be saying them three teams are down. Yeah, uh, I think now actually, despite the fact that Norwich are the ones who aren't in the relegation zone, I would say they're my favourites to go down. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. They actually don't kick a ball again. Um, for like that, Newcastle are going to play three games before they kick a ball again. I've, I'm sure I read that somewhere. So, yeah, Newcastle have got a great chance to kind of leapfrog out of the, um, the drop zone. So, so we're, all in, we're all in agree. We all agree that Norwich uh, could be very much in trouble. Who, who do we think are joining Villa uh, well, in the one, championship? Uh, one said is, oh, Newcastle have got this game in hand. They've got this game in hand. It means nothing. It's going to Man City. Yeah. So they, they might have a game in hand, but it's going to be a damn hard game. But I think joining them will be Newcastle because Rafa Benitez is not a manager that knows how to get your team out of relegation. Well, it's not just that. It's the, the team itself is, is, not, is not great. I mean, yeah, they, they won yesterday. But I think if you compare it to the Sunderland team, I think Sunderland have got better players, in my opinion. And like you said, they've got Defoe. So I think he'll be the one that saves them ultimately. Um, we'll just say we'll just say a quick word on Villa because obviously they've gone down. It's it's not good for a club the size of Villa. Um, do we? There's s- only one thing you need to say about that. Okay. And it's a weight off the player's shoulders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all we need to say. Have you that seen? That just shows the caring that them players have. The fact that they really did not give a damn. Have you guys? That's seen got the, the space. Have you guys seen the? Um... Stan Collymore um, phone exchange, uh, text message exchange with Jolie and Lescott. Basically, Lescott um, obviously made those remarks and then um, Collymore apparently sent him a message saying, like, what are you talking about? And then there's a bit of to and fro and basically Lescott said, let's meet up and have a fight. So, you know, maybe he has got a bit of fight in him because he's willing to take on someone who's got a proven record of beating people up. (laughs) Before the legal lawyers uh, come in, 
do, do we think do we think Villa can can bounce straight back up, or do we think they're going to actually struggle and and you know could stagnate in the championship? I think uh, we've just lost Poiser. Poiser's just been relegated with Villa, I think. <laughs> Poiser's just been oh. relegated. Oh, he's back again. I don't know what happened there. Who knows? Um, it wouldn't be I, a podcast I, without technical difficulties from Johnny Poiser. <laughs> At least he's moved in from the, the greenhouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think though, I, I think they will. Sh- they won't come up next year, but I don't see it being disastrous for them in terms of getting relegated again and again. I think oh, they'll be up quickly. I put money on them going down again. Really? Yep, twenty to one. I got. Blimey. Wow. Put a five on that. I reckon. I don't. I just. How many of their players would you say are fighting for that club, and how many of them are going to want to stay there? They're going to have to rebuild their whole squad, not just the team, but a whole squad will need me rebuilding. They need to bring in the right manager to do that. They really need to, and I just don't see them doing it. And I see them going, do it with no money, get rid of all these old players, and just do it with the youth academy, and they will just turn into leads and go down again. I think, though, if they get the right guy in, Aston Villa is a much better proposition now than it was this year or last year. If you're a manager and you're looking at Aston Villa this year, you probably wouldn't have been interested and the players wouldn't have been interested. But next year, if you get the right uh, championship players in and you get a manager who sees that if he can get Villa up, he's got a foundation to build on. Mm, However, the only problem is the, the problems there seem to be behind the scenes rather than the... That's the thing. Is the new manager going to be able to get the players he wants in? I don't see them being able to do that. And you know what? I can quite see them going to save money. Let's just promote a coach from internal. But surely they need to. Surely they need to um, get somebody with with experience of of doing doing the right job in the championship. I mean, uh, Nigel Pearson. He was linked, wasn't he? That we talked about. Recently, I mean, could he do the job? It'd be a brilliant appointment, I think. Um, David David Moyes has been um, linked with the job as well, but I'd be very surprised if he if he'd take that one on. I think Pearson would be the ideal fit, but I, I'm not sure they'll go for him. I think he's too outspoken and will challenge the board too much the way he works. Yeah, well, they like yes men, don't they, at that club? Well, I guess only time will tell. Um, at least for our good friend Mike, um, the pain is is over now. I would assume for most Villa fans, uh, knowing the inevitable's happened. Let's switch focus to the top of the table now because it's been it's been another um, unpredictable weekend. Um, obviously, we just finished talking about Villa. They played Manchester United. Now we've. For the first time ever, we've got three Manchester United fans on the podcast. Um, you are now four points off of top four, unfortunately four points behind us and Manchester City. Is top four still on? I said a few weeks ago, and I still stand by it, we will not get in the top four. Why is that? Why do you, why do you think that? Because I can't see you and Man City losing the games for us to get up there. Even Arsenal, I, I can I can actually see uh, Arsenal and Man City dropping points, especially as you're playing each other. But I just can't see May not being consistent enough to win five games in a row. 
Dan? I think Matt's summed it up perfectly there. We, we, we have a couple of games where we look, well, we get the results, you know, and, and do, do a fairly decent job. Um, and then we'll, we'll slip up to someone we don't, you just don't expect us to slip up to, like Sunderland or West Brom. So I think we'll probably, we'll probably do okay. It might make it a bit interesting, but I, ultimately I think um, Arsenal and Man City should should easily secure those last places. Now we'll we'll talk about Man City and how amazing they were, particularly Aguero and De Bruyne um, against Chelsea. But we should congratulate them as well because they've reached they've reached the semi-finals of the Champions League, which, to be fair, is is a huge achievement for that club. And and Champions League is really really what they're aiming for. Um, did did you guys watch the games in the week? Were you impressed with Man City? Do you think they can win it? I think first of all, it does good for uh, England's coefficient, keeping the pesky Italians away from that fourth place spot. <laughs> yeah, definitely um, and I think uh, just as English football as a whole I think I've said this for a little while now that in the next five or ten years it'll be dominated by the English teams I agree just because the amount of money that's coming into our league compared to the others yeah. um, I think it's good to have Man City there and I wish them all the luck to win it I, I firmly believe I don't care who it is I like seeing an English team win that trophy if it's not United I like to see any English team lift it. Apart from Liverpool. <laughs> I still like to see them, for the pride of England, lifting that trophy. You can't, like, just, I know we're skipping around here, but you can't begrudge them that victory on Thursday, can you? The Scousers. Hell of a comeback. Yeah. So I kept thinking, oh, I'll watch this. Oh, no, there's no way Liverpool are going to get three goals. Oh, they've got one back. Oh, no, Royce has scored. There's no way they're going to get three goals. <laughs> can I change my opinion on something a second about this? I know what's going to happen. United are going to get top four. City are going to win the Champions League. Liverpool are going to win the Europa League. And United won't qualify for the Champions League because we lose our place. That's probably what I have. And you watch. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think City are good enough to win the Champions League. I think if they field, if they are able to field Silva, uh, De Bruyne and Aguero all in the same team, all fit and on form, then they will be a proposition for anyone left in there. But I think defensively they'll be found out, um, especially as company can only manage a few games every time he comes back and then seems to injure himself again. Uh, Mangala, the jury's out still on him. He seems to have the physique to be a good defender, but not the not the intelligence, it seems. Uh, and obviously Dimashelis, I don't really need to talk about. <laughs> You've got to worry about that back four against Real Madrid, haven't you? Yeah. But then again, I would say we're... Man City's attacking strength you'd have to worry about their back four against Man City because then the back four is not the best at the moment yeah I'd take Pepe and uh, Ramos over what City have got though is Ramos suspended? I will give you an interesting stat about this and this shows you how Real Madrid do it that in the last five years, Cristiano Ronaldo, on his own, has scored more goals than any of the English clubs combined, as in their whole teams combined in the Champions League. <laughs> so he, him on his own has scored more than, say, the whole of the Arsenal squad in the Champions League, the whole of the United squad. That's just crazy. They just go out to attack, don't they? Well, I think, I think that's more to the fact that like, Ronaldo is just so good, isn't he? I mean, He's a machine. 
yeah, I mean, him and Messi are, are really playing football on on a different planet to any other player in the world at the moment. Um, we say that about Messi, but he's in a bit of a goal drought, the longest in his professional career, three games. Yeah, but I think with his records, you can you can give him those three games, surely. That can't be true, can it? He must have gone for longer than three games without a goal. Only if he was injured. <laughs> yeah, three, four games. You're not scoring. Well, I'm injured, ball. boss. They're, they're actually, uh, spoiler alert, they're actually losing to Valencia at the moment. Are they? They are. There is a risk they're going to lose that um, league like, champions. They're league champions, isn't it? Well, sh- should they lose today, they'll be on 76 points. Atletico Madrid, who obviously knocked them out in the week, will be on 76 points. And Real will be on 75. So it's really closing in there. Um, just before we bring the conversation back to the Premiership, because we need to we need to speak, speak quickly about City and how and how good they were against Chelsea. Um, of the four teams left, so City, Real Madrid, Atletico, and Bayern, who's everybody's picks? I'm personally, I personally want an All Madrid final because I I did enjoy that final before, and I do think Real Madrid will win it. Who do you guys think? I would love a Man City by a Munich final just to see how Pep squirmed. <laughs> it would be so awkward for him, wouldn't it? If he went to that final, beat Man City, and then turned up two weeks later at Man City's training, we're like, hi. Especially it's the Champions League final, and I made you lose it. It'd be funny if the situation was um, he, if he wins the final with Bayern, it would mean that Man City didn't qualify for the Champions League next year. That'd be quite funny. <laughs> So, Matt, who do you think? I, I think it could literally be any of them. I think um, Man City are probably the weakest of the four teams left, isn't it? Dan, any, any picks uh, in favourite, do you think? I think Real Madrid just seem to have the momentum behind them and they seem to have sorted themselves out. Uh, traditionally, they'd put too many attacking players in and, and be exposed to the back, but they're playing, um, they're playing a goal... Casemiro at the moment who is doing like the uh, Coquelin role I suppose sitting in front of the defence and they seem to be relishing um, with him there so yeah I I think Real Madrid will win it personally Excellent Can I just say one thing quick on Real Madrid? Sure I heard the best quote I've ever heard from a manager this week and it came from Zidane and it was because one of his players lost his aggro on the pitch, didn't he? And started to get a bit sort of agitated and was having to go at the ref and that. And Zidane, in one of his press conferences, said, I expect all my players to be like me, a true professional. I never left, lost my head on the pitch and I've never lost my head as a manager. I always <laughs> kept calm. Oh, you didn't headbutt someone then? <laughs> Possibly the most infamous incident at, uh, at a major tournament. Um... Okay, so let's let's steer the conversation back towards the Premiership. Um, obviously, Man City doing well in Europe, doing very well now. Again, it seems in the Premiership, they've had a bit of a they've had a bit of a dip over the last couple of weeks, but they seem to have uh, you know got a second win now. And I've got to be honest, at times against Chelsea, um, from what I saw, they were they were incredible. Um, did they, what did everybody else think of City Chelsea? I would just add that uh, the Chelsea team was not particularly strong. I know they were at home, 
um, and Gus Hiddink's done a good job there. But some of those goals, it was, it was straight down the middle. You know, De Bruyne playing the ball through to Aguero. Um, defensively, they, they didn't look particularly great, Chelsea. Um, and I think um, Courtois getting sent off at the end, I think that was probably a little bit due to him just being frustrated, um, you know, and, and being just poor, poorly um, supported through the game, really. Mm. Um, I mean, Chelsea, uh, Man City just tore Chelsea apart, and, and I think the team that Chelsea put out wasn't geared to geared up towards beating them, if I'm honest. All I know is I didn't look at the result yesterday and I signed into my fantasy football app and noticed that I had two points. And I thought, oh, what a great day that is. Looked at Hona, who is leading it, and I am second, and went, 43 points. Oh, Guerrero scored a hat Great, that's me losing the fo- that fantasy football win. <laughs> that's all I know about that game. <clears throat> well, I, I think it's pain. <laughs> I mean the you know the resurgence of City, the you know the fact that Man United are still still in there with a shout, the fact that Arsenal again proving today that we are incapable of of dominating a game and actually seeing out a game. I mean, surely it's going to be one of the closest races for you know those Champions League spots. I mean, I think I think we can pretty much say now that it's between Tottenham and Leicester, but I think. You know, it it just goes to prove how good this season is because we're what we've got. What is it? Four games left now uh, until the end of the season. On and you know we normally these kind of things are sort of decided by now, but it could literally go to anyone at this particular point. Those top four spaces, even not the Premier League. Well, yeah, it's in between. I would say two out of three teams are going to get that top four and. isn't they Leicester and Tottenham are definitely going to be top four Leicester definitely are Tottenham definitely I would say will become the end of the season it's between Man City Arsenal United to grab that fourth spot the third and fourth side do we not see um, do we not see West Ham still in with a shout I mean I know they drew today but no no anybody else anybody else they they needed to win today yeah well, let's let's talk about that because arguably the champions in weight in Leicester um, played today, and it was a two-two draw. Um, Jamie Vardy got sent off, so he's going to be suspended for the next game. Is this just? Is this? Would you say this is a point? A point sort of saved, or is it two points dropped for Leicester? Are we starting to see maybe, maybe some cracks? I would definitely say it's a point they gained there because that was a tough game for West to play playing West Ham because West Ham are seventh in the table and sorry sixth in the table, so it's definitely a good point for them. Yeah, I think um, I think Billich had obviously looked at the Leicester results building up to the game, and um, I know that they had the, the, the game against uh, Man United midweek, so he was obviously going to rest players, but he sort of he put out a. A team that he's not sort of played before, um, and immediately realised it wasn't the best formation, wasn't the best personnel, and obviously brought Carroll on at half time, and um, yeah, that made all the difference really. As soon as he came on, Hoof and uh, Wes Morgan didn't really didn't really deal with him particularly greatly. I don't think Do we he's still just think? a machine in the air, isn't he? Yeah. Like, not only does it, like Peter Crouch would get his head to it, but uh, Andy Carroll 
like gets his head to it and heads it. And it's such a difference in watching the two, despite the fact they're probably, I mean, Carroll is shorter than what Crouch is. But just being that tall and being able to head the ball is such an asset. Yeah, and Carroll's got uh, a better build, a better physique as well. I mean, Crouch was is quite sort of spindly, tall, thin. Um, he was he was strong. He was certainly strong. But I think like when when Carroll jumps up against her, you know about it. You know, if he if he goes into you, I imagine it's like you know a planet going into. He's he's huge. <laughs> do we do we still think he's maybe an outside shot for the England team? After Roy Hodgson's quote of saying, do you think I should elect him just because he scored a hat-trick? No. Scored again today and, gave, and scored a penalty, which is always good. But um, he obviously did give away a penalty as well. And also there's other, there's other candidates coming up who could, who could argue they've got just as good as reason for being there. I mean, I know the Rashford talk is, I think, a bit premature, but the guy is scoring goals. and Seven, seven goals now, isn't it? Seven yeah, goals he's, he's in... young and hungry, so yeah. he's another good shout. I mean, only time will tell. I mean, that, those squads are going to be are going to be announced. When, when would that be? May? Late May, do we reckon? That those squads are going to be announced? I'm not sure the exact date. Um, yeah, they'll have their last friendly, won't they? And they'll probably be announced either just before or just after that. I'm not sure how they work. Don't they have like 25 and then cut it down or something? No, uh, he's gonna. He was on the radio the other day. He's actually gonna announce it's 25 and that will be his squad. He's not gonna trim it down or anything like that. And it will be before the last friendly. Isn't there a limit of 21 though? No, I thought it was 23 think, for the squads. Uh, 23. Whatever it is, he's gonna announce his squad and that will be the squad. He won't be trimming the fat or anything like that. He will literally go in with his squad to the friendlies. Yeah. He doesn't want people being on standby and that, and then. Wondering why they've been left out. He will pick a squad. They are the players I want. Okay. Okay. Well, in the absence of uh, of Hona, we didn't want to leave out um, the mighty Middlesbrough. Um, so this week's championship update is brought to you by Johnny Poyser. Oh, lucky, lucky borough at the moment. Eh? Two games in a row now. They've scored a last minute goal to win the game. But you know what? That's how teams go up in that division, by just scrapping it out. But from talking to Hona earlier on today, he is a little bit nervous because on this week coming up, they've got Burnley, which is 32nd. And now, talking to him, he thinks if they win that, they've got pretty much secure in going up. But he is still nervous because they've got Brighton the last day of the season, which again is that other team that's in that third spot. So... Hone is an absolute bag of nerves of how Middlesbrough are going to go. He could go one way or the other, he thinks. But if they beat Burnley, I think they've pretty much got it. So it could go one way or the other? He is so nervous about it. But <laughs> if they beat Burnley, I think they're up, don't we all? I, I uh, would like to see Middlesbrough come up, um, mainly for Hona, but um, I don't know. If don't... they beat Burnley, they go... Five points clear of Burnley. But it's not Burnley. They just need to be clear of the team in third. So they'd, yeah. they'd be, be seven, seven points. points yeah. yeah, seven points clear of Brighton. Wow. So I think at that point, they will have a really good sort of footing to keep going. I guess only time will tell for Borough. Right, we're quickly running out of time. So as tradition, Poise is going to finish us off. Not in that way. But with his uh, story, so Poiso, give us uh, give us your story this week. Yeah, so this one comes from non-league, and it comes from Horsham. 
and it is the Southern League Premier Division. So if anyone abroad listening, this is the lower the low, and Carson is below Banbury United, so that tells you how low it is. Isn't, but, it, isn't it above Banbury United? I thought it was a league below them. Southern Premier? Have a look. Right. Uh, anyway, keep going. <laughs> so what happened, Horsham have won the league. And they were playing against Halisham Town. And they were winning 11-1. And one of their players had scored a hat-trick. And to celebrate, he decided, I don't need to play anymore. Walked over to the crowd, started talking to the crowd. And one of the crowd gave him a point, And he sat on the edge of the crowd as an active player, <laughs> drinking a point. The pump just looked at him, shrugged his shoulders, and was like, yeah, okay, whatever. We're winning 11 1. I don't really care. We won the league. <laughs> Can you imagine that in a Premier League game at the end of the season? I can just see Jamie Vardy now. They've already won the league. He's going to walk over and get a blue WKD and just start drinking it on the pitch. <laughs> Jamie Vardy's party. I mean, that, that can only really happen in, in that division, though, can't it, really? I mean, craziness. Right, has anybody uh-huh. got. Anything else to add before we wrap it up? Any footballing wisdoms? Dan, it's your first podcast. Any footballing wisdoms? Any fantasy football things that you want to just lay out on people quickly? Um, I would do, but I feel I, I actually need those for myself at the moment. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, to be honest. I mean, it's, it's a double game week in fantasy football, so it would probably been more useful for people to... Um, to be giving advice before the double game week, but uh, I took a little holiday, so I haven't done any articles recently. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I was prepared, and that's the main thing. <laughs> well, that's fine. Um, right, folks, that's it for episode 28. Uh, make sure you like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, give us a share, and get all your mates listening. And uh, we hope that uh, you know this is helping with Bryce's sanity as well. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you all next week.